Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Changing Times Transformation Podcast. This is your host, Jeezy Dino, and here we are for part two of the season two finale. Um, I'm joined here by my co-host, Mela Flox. Welcome to you. As always, good to be here. All right, and we have our good set of returning uh, participants tonight. So we'll go ahead and go around the round table, starting off with uh, WhatsApp. Welcome back to you. Hi. All right, and going on to Little Napoleon. Welcome back. Thanks for having me again. And Cora Blue, thanks for coming back as well. Yep, thanks for having me. And the dork uh, TG Wonder is um, embrace, not embracing, dazzling us with his dorkiness tonight. Hello. And last but not least, we have Crazy Husky, aka Faust, with us. Hi. All right, good stuff. So we have uh, quite the band of uh, brothers and sisters among us. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, so. Of course, with um, who we have gathered here, a lot of um, interconnection, collaboration going on between a lot of you. Um, Faust, or sorry, Crazy Husky, I know Arania's not here, she was on the first episode, but um, you're doing some work <laughs> with her collaboration-wise. Um, Cora, Watt, you're doing things. Ellen and Watt, you're doing things. Uh, TG, well, I don't really know what you do, but I'm sure you're doing collaboration somewhere there. But um, yeah. But it, it's just a reoccurring thing I see amongst you. So um, we'll go into a little bit about that in a little bit later. But what we um, want to know is starting off, uh, since we were talking a bit about conventions uh, before and here before we started this episode, when it comes to like meeting real people in real life that come from the transformation community. Uh, especially in like conventions and all that sort. What sort of surprised you in that sense when you got to experience that? Um, and I'll let anyone jump in on that matter if you'd like. Well, how many of us have uh, have been to conventions? Uh, just out of curiosity. I was gonna say I, I would answer, but I can't. I've never been to one. And I know I've, Wonder hasn't. I go to one yearly. <laughs> I've actually hosted the transformation meet at Confuzzled as well. <laughs> so okay. um it it's rather an odd feeling because it's like you get I mean you get to see other people that you know are interested in the same thing you are in the sense that even though it is like among fairies it's kind of like going deeper i guess if you get what i mean you know like fairy is this sort of side culture but then you've got this other side culture within this side culture which is you know you kind of find your i guess people who sort of see things the same way you do and the feeling of it is just like nice to sort of just generally talk about it and share ideas 
in person once in a while, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, do you feel anybody it? Else? Do you feel it? Um, it well, gives you a bit of a comfort level getting to know that actual person that you would typically only see through the um, through the channels of online and all that sort. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, it works two ways, I guess. You get to see them, and they get to see you, and you know, you get sort of talking. Because I know there's some things you can kind of just type, but it's more of a emotional connection you kind of get, and that weird sort of feeling. It's hard to prove what it it feels like, but. It's like happiness and excitement at the same time, I guess. Sort of like, uh-huh. you know. I, I haven't been, but I, I think, <laughs> I think, I think this kind of goes to the point of the question. Hmm? I think if I did go, it would be a weird experience for me because a no, lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that I do in particular, is sort of like fetishistic in nature. Yeah. So some, some part of the back of my brain would be like, this is like going to an orgy. And a lot of the <laughs> people in the community aren't really, uh, I wouldn't call them antisocial, but the, the community as a whole probably isn't as no. uh, like socially practiced as another community. <laughs> So yeah. th- that would be that would be like the whole introverted. That's actually a good word. Uh, so a lot of going to a convention for me would be dealing with that that like paranoia that everyone around me is weird. It's not like that at all. Like it, at first you may feel like it, but when you start getting to talk to people, you understand them, and it's like oh, they're just like i am in a sense you know they they have you know they they they're some of them may be a bit sort of heavy in one side you know the spectrum of what you were saying then there's others who just won't be like that at all you know yeah no i'm not saying i'm right i'm just saying that if i (laughs) there would be a large section of my brain that would be dedicated to to thinking that they're all like, you know, they're all having that on the brain, if you get what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but to be honest, it's not even, it's not remotely like that, to be fair. You'll probably get like one or two people like that, but most people pretty much generally, well, just your average day people with the same interest as you. <laughs> That's all it really is. Even with not going to conventions, um, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you sometimes get to know artists like you, you learn what their voice sounds like or what they, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, even just their actual in real life gender, which is sometimes a surprise. You know, does, yeah. does knowing those things change how you the enjoy same. and experience <laughs> their art or how you interact like mm-hmm. with, with the artist in general? Yeah. There's some artists, there's a couple of artists I know out there that are one gender online and another one in real life, which 
you know, <laughs> it's just like, wait, your character's a guy, but, you know, you're a female. I'm not going to say who, because, some, you know, obviously, that right. that would be bad. And some people would be like, oh, my God, that person's really, you know, like that. And sometimes it works the other way around, you know. I found a guy that, you know, has a female persona, but it's a guy instead. So it's mm-hmm. really odd when I found that out. But generally, you know... It's how things are. Okay. As you and... said, you. Yeah, generally, <laughs> for me, like I feel, I feel, I feel like logically, the way that a person looks or sounds or whatever shouldn't dictate my opinion of them. But I just think it's like a normal human failing that it does. Like when I, like yeah. when I found out that like video game donkey this is like not even our community. Is some this is just a YouTuber. Like, when I found out Video Game Donkey was, like, a fat guy, I was, like, legitimately surprised. <laughs> and I, I admit afterwards I watched him less. Like, that makes that makes me <laughs> shitty. That makes me shitty, kind of. But it's true. Oh, man, that yeah. feeling when... <laughs> uh, I mean, not even just related to conventions. I mean, I'm... I'm going to set an example. I know what you had um, Maltz come over a couple of weeks ago, and Ellen, I know you. Oh, no, it was Mitz. It was Mitz. But, I'm yeah, sorry. It, it's... yeah he, he was just in the area, so he stopped by. Uh, we've hung out before that, though. I don't know. Uh, he wasn't weird or anything. We just <laughs> hung out. I did. I just drew, and he just worked on website stuff. That, that was it. <laughs> Like, he just didn't want to be around his, like, work the entire time he was in Chicago for the whole uh, week. But, like, it's similar to, like, when uh, when Ellen first talked to me. I, I feel like he was super intimidated, even even though he had no reason to be. But after we had sat down to talk six months later, after mm-hmm. he disappeared from the internet... Does that happen frequently with you, where people are intimidated to talk to you? I uh, I have people tell me that yes, all all the time. I, I still they... feel that I I feel Senpai. intimidated when I meet some time that like is good. Well, plus I think we can all agree that we all feel intimidated by what. Yeah, in Meliflox, when you say frequently, I thought you meant the disappearing for six months after meeting what part. <laughs> Oh yeah, people just disappear around one. You gotta watch. Try to funny. Watch your back. He he asked to do a project with me, which turned out to be the 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 comic we released. Uh, but like immediately after asking, he just like kind of disappeared for a few months. Hmm. Interesting. Suspicious. Do you have anything to uh, speak on that, Ellen? <laughs> it was uh and it's in, when you're going about a collaboration it's important that you understand uh really well what each person wants to do and what's wants to bring to the collaboration and i think that what ended up happening was that i was afraid that i was going to have to do something uh, very much that i consider to be one of my weaker uh points uh when if we were talking about how the project might work out uh so that kind of made me worry quite a bit. <laughs> I think what it was is I I 
when I collaborated with other people before Ellen, they'd asked me to color their stuff. And Ellen was worried that he was going to have to do all the sketching for the project. And he's less comfortable doing sketching because he's a much slower uh, like artist when it comes to the sketch work. Hmm. More meticulous. What did the arrangement end up being? Well, I did all the sketching and he did the inking, the coloring, and then we kind of like in there, like we both sort of took turns tossing images back and forth with finishing touches on them. And it ended up working out really well that way, I think. Yeah, yeah that- I mean, we still do it. That's, that's what we're doing on the game. Right. The uh, changing channels, right? Yeah. Yep. And it's looking better every day. <laughs> it definitely I, is. I think it is. Uh, speaking and, of changeling tales, yeah. Um, yeah. So go ahead, cheesy. Would the two of you want Nellen? Um, I'll I'll leave myself out the equation for this one. Um, but you are on the team. <laughs> Shh, no one needs to know that. Uh, so working on the changeling tales, which is really annoying. Comparing that to the changing times, by the way, it's very confusing sometimes. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if you ever noticed, I actually named the trailer song uh, Changing Times. <laughs> but anyway, past that, um, how was your experience on working with the uh, Changeling Tales between the two of you? Um, I mean, of course, this is quite the big endeavor, and you've been working on it um, since about think september or october of uh, last year so um last we spoke about it um you had sort of brought on the idea of pursuing it and now you're getting your feet wet with it so has there been a lot of surprising hardships going through it that you didn't expect um is it you know much much more than you thought it'd be in terms of a positive sense Uh, what were your thoughts on that between the both of you uh, well, for myself, I, I think the biggest surprise with it has just been how overwhelmingly uh, supportive the community has been really right off the bat. Uh, one of the reasons when I got started back in October and whatnot, I, I wanted to make sure that I got plenty of art assets done, uh, the story mostly outlined, I and mean, pretty much try to have something uh, to be able to present to the community as being uh, you know, a fairly complete uh, idea. Um, but I thought that I was really I was going to have to have a, a demo that I was going to have to have a trailer before people really started getting interested in it. And um, I, honestly, as soon as I put the the Patreon up, even with just a couple screenshots and uh, the the gist of the story, like pretty much right off the bat, everybody just outpoured support. Uh, so yeah, that that was the the biggest surprise for me. Um, as far as the actual work on it itself, um, that's that's pretty much been going uh, according to plan, and uh, it's, it's about where I've expected it to be. And, and so far, everything's still pretty well on schedule. Um, uh, I, I will say that we've gotten very lucky uh, with additional team members because of all this extra support. Uh, we've been able to to bring in uh, quite a, a few other talented people. Um, so just, just overall, uh, the, the project's been really coming along nicely. That's good to hear. Oh yeah. And do you think that by bringing along, um, additional team members that, you know, communication 
um, has been, you know, an issue. I mean, I'm talking in terms of like a typical sense of essentially having a development team uh, for like a, an average game and where communication is essential and sometimes it'll kind of um, stumble a bit. But did you feel that sort of um, sense when you started having all these people involved? Um, yeah, and when it's it took quite a bit of time to get everybody on the same page. Uh, kind of at the beginning of it, there there was a lot a lot of effort had to be spent just to uh, make sure everything was well written out and uh, to go over things with people. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was definitely a, a big part of it. But um, I, I do feel like at this point that most of the team uh, has a fairly good idea of. Uh, uh, where what direction we're all headed in we're all working in that same direction right now uh i don't know if the rest <clears> team <throat> agrees with me but that's, that's how i feel anyway i okay. feel like the planning is probably the most important part mm -hmm. of the project so far like we've got a lot of assets done and we're like making progress and i think the demo should be out this month but planning is my bane it's you got ellen ellen's Ellen's been very good about planning on the project, so we've we've kind of met our markers, uh, or or at least met the or caught up with them when we needed to. Uh, it's, but yeah, that's that's been. I mean, we uh, this planning is really the the important part of any of these projects. Could you give us a ballpark on like the percentage of the game that's done, like how much the work is done? Okay, so I would say the for, the, for the full game, it's probably less than 10%. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's got a long ways to go. Because um, right right now, we're still uh, building a lot of the base assets for it. Um, and then also, the, um, the story is kind of, it's in process of being written, but the story is kind of being written as a story um and then that'll need to get translated into a visual novel format i, I kind of liken it to uh the difference between writing a novel versus writing a, a screenplay if you will um so there, there's definitely quite a ways to go on it and i do expect it'll it'll take through this year uh even to just get kind of a working alpha type game just out of curiosity who's leading the uh the story side of as far as like the design of the story itself, is that a collaborative effort between you and Watt, or is there somebody specifically who's in the process of writing that? Uh, yeah, we've got two writers. Um, I, I kind of had a, a general idea of uh, kind of how the story would go, uh, just as far as the important plot points and everything. But uh, actually, my wife and uh, also a very talented author, uh, Vixie Fox, who I've worked with before on a few things. Uh, those are the the two folks who are uh, actually writing the story out. And it's looking good so far from what I've seen. <laughs> well, I this because I've not actually heard of like a game being made. And what type of game is it anyway? Sorry, uh, it's, it's called uh, Changeling Tale. Um, and it's going to be a visual novel uh, that's transformation related. Um, we we'd found really that um, there weren't 
any transformation related visual novels. Uh, and it seemed like kind of a slam dunk of uh, a medium to be able to give a transformation story uh, combined with illustrations. Um, and at this point, with uh, all the, the different tools that are out there to make games, uh, they've just gotten so easy and so user friendly. Um, it, it's made it extremely accessible uh, for people to make things like visual novels. Uh, so uh, the ability, uh, fortunately, to be able to do TF art full time. Um, and since Watt and I had finished our last project together, uh, basically uh, decided that this would be a fun thing to do and finally rectify the fact that there aren't any transformation visual novels out there yet. We'll, we'll fix that. <laughs> Hopefully it will be the first of many. And do you think Ooh. that um, something like this will be a sort of trope that'll gain traction once the uh, project's completed? I hope so. Ooh. Okay. Good stuff. I've, uh, I think uh, who uh, Jolly Jack or some somebody uh, already mentioned that they were thinking about doing a, a TF related uh, visual novel. They had uh, made a, a little simple thing about it, so maybe maybe it'll catch on. And then yeah, we have uh, Ben's we mentioned on the last one doing his own VR uh, TF related game, I believe. So I'm uh, hmm. anxious to hear more on that in the future. Um, that's news to me. I'd be interested in checking that out myself. Yeah, he's actually, I'm actually thinking the same thing. <laughs> he's uh, he's in this Discord, so if you just uh, poke him at some point and ask him, I'm sure he'll let you know about it. But um, just to go back a little bit, um, Crazy Husky, since you obviously have the experience um, frequently going to cons and meeting different people, um, I know mm. you were talking about getting into like a deep sense of um, getting to know these people. But uh, mm -hmm. in terms of someone, um, especially for the likes of who we have here that haven't really gone to a con yet, what sort of advice do you have for someone trying to get uh, more comfortable about themselves and their interests and going out there and sharing it with others um, likewise? It's hard to put into words, but... I know it's hard to say, but a lot of the time when you're new, people feel exactly the same. You've got to be confident in yourself. Like, the convention is, like, a safe area. Nobody is going to sort of hurt you, like, straight up, just be offensive to you if you're just friendly with them. Most people just, you know, wait, eat. Oh, you know, they're not going to sort of say oh you're into this i'm you're you know just totally you know like kink shame you or something like that they're not going to do that so you don't have to worry about that it's more about being confident and you know no one's gonna force you at the con you know, to um engage but you know if you're at a convention and you're doing something, you know, if you're at an event, somebody's going to come up to you and say something. So just be prepared just to say hello and wave. If you don't want to sort of talk to somebody or if you're nervous, then just say, you know, then just tell them. They're not going to be offended. You can just say, you know, it's my first time here. I'm 
you know, nervous. And to be honest, most people will generally either leave you alone or, you know, be like, oh, you know, just try to get to know you, try to actually make you feel comfortable at the convention anyway. (laughs) So you don't really have to, like, you know, you ain't necessarily feel bad for going if you go because you're gonna i'm gonna say this when i went to my first convention i was nervous as hell but after going i was just like that was like quite a bit of fun and i got like i'm gonna prepare you for this to say like if you go to a ferry convention you're gonna get a lot of hugs even though I'm more of a formal person and I will give someone generally a handshake. <laughs> like most people <laughs> just like hug me and I'm just like, okay, fine. But if you don't want someone to hug you, then just like, you know, then just say no hugs, please. Just. What if you, know. you can't make it to a convention? Is there any way to, um, to sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Engage people and meet people, but not go to a convention, you mean? Well, yeah, or at least, at the very least, to get the same sort of feeling of um, freedom of people, and, like, self... A lot of people, well, there are, well, I know in the UK and some in America, but there are fair meets, as they call them, like, small gatherings of fairies, like, we have in England, we have the London fairs and the northern fairs and they're like a group of basically furries that meet every sort of month or three weeks if it's a London lot in a pub and it's just basically you just go to that sort of pub and they'll be furries <laughs> it's smaller than the convention of, depending on where you go it'll be like between like 20 to 70 furs so it's manageable if you sort of wanted to go in, you know, if, you, if you're if you a bit shy of going to a convention on your first thing, I would highly advise looking up a local fur meet, going to a local fur meet, meeting a few furs first, you know, sort of see fursuiters and whatnot, and, you know, get to know people like a few months in advance before you go to your first convention. Because that way you've got people to actually, you know, talk to around the convention mm-hmm. rather than just going there and making friends and wondering what to do. At least, you know, because conventions are more fun with friends. <laughs> right. I mean, talking okay, so, from... Oh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, let's say you're, you're listening to this podcast, right? And you, yeah. you know, hear about these fur meets and you, you want to go, but, like, you have too much anxiety about about going and the requirements of that and um having to socialize that sort of thing like worst case scenario like you're the type that just doesn't go to a lot of friendly things in the first place so how do you how do you go from that to building up the confidence to go to something like first affirming and then to a convention the only way is i mean like if you've engaged with furs, I mean, you're saying like he's got furs, but he's just like friends, but he's just shy about actually meeting them. If you get what I mean, well, I would probably say to maybe 
kind of like I don't know. They were like a small personal gathering of fairies, I guess. Like a small handful of friends, you know, just to meet up at like a public space. So there's no danger and no nothing, you know. Just a small sort of five group thing, just to talk it out. And then, you know, if you want to sort of go in sort of steps from there, like eventually going to a Fermi and seeing like, you know, 30 or people and stuff, just like the five you know, and then eventually stepping it up there to a convention size, you can kind of do that, I guess. But I guess there's other ways you can go about it. It's only when there's a will, there's a way, right? If you want to meet people and you want to go somewhere, you will put in the effort and you will do it. So... (laughs) <laughs> There's no real question about it if you really want to meet the people. And yeah, I would say it definitely does help um, to at least know a few people going into a con, uh, going from personal experience. Um, <laughs> when I went to Fernal Equinox earlier this year, which is a really a great experience, especially for surprisingly how many TF people were uh, there, including yeah. the likes of. <laughs> Anger Boda, ABCD, Cobalt K, and Proxer, and mm-hmm. all those cool people. But um, yeah, I, I was going in, I already knew a couple people there, um, especially uh, Dragonyad, who I roomed with, um, which is really a great guy. He's, he's, he's a really respectful guy um, when you get to meet him in person. But um, yeah, just having that sort of base going in of having someone that you know that you're comfortable with to kind of guide you through the con versus going there solo and kind of taking a, a risk at that, I would say it would definitely help. But, um, but, um, in, in no. terms of, um, like as, as far as with transformation, what are your thoughts? And this is just not specifically to you, um, crazy Husky. Um, with anyone in general, when it comes to transformation, getting to actually meet people, what are your thoughts as far as having, you know, fur cons being sort of the common denominator of having this sort of gathering, um, of transformation, um, alike people. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like to associate with furries, not that I'm, you know, downplaying furries. But what are your thoughts as far as those who aren't furries, don't want to be involved with that, having that as a sort of basis of trying to get to know people who's, who are into transformation? It's kind of hard to go from that, really. So I know there are, I know there's a lot of people that don't, well, are, that are into the TF thing, but aren't into furries. So I don't know. I mean, there are forums and stuff you can go and look at but i actually don't know much about that outside the fandom unfortunately um do you think anybody else would (laughs) (laughs) it's really hard to say i'm not all those people (laughs) i think well i mean you know where the people are and the people are at the furry conventions. All the TF art is hosted on furry websites. 
the half of the people you're interacting with are you know at, at the very least browse furry stuff alongside tf most of the artists also draw furry stuff alongside the tf uh, yeah. a lot of the tf stories like popular ones <laughs> are they're, they're either they're either short stories with tf or they're longer stories and a TF happens. And then usually it turns into, you know, more of a, a story about dealing with TF rather than a story about the TF. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of overlap for a reason. And if, if you wanted a TF convention, you could try and make one. But I think the problem is, uh, while TF is a pretty popular subgenre, subgenre I don't think it's yeah. a standalone one. I don't think you'd get enough people to actually go to a convention where it's primarily the focus of transformation. It's nice to be able to go to a convention and talk about TF in general for a few hours, you know, or like, you know, as my, as my one was, like, this year and the previous couple of years where we had like two hours in the room and everybody discussed TF, and, you know, watched like TF slides and things like that. But I doubt we you could like fill a whole convention size thing where it's just nothing but TF. I feel like you change. could do that. You could the issue just... A lot of the a lot of the part of conventions is that it's a mix of like local and then people from outside of the area. Yeah. I feel like the local part really props up most of the attendees and some of these places, especially thinking, uh, new places, like new conventions. Yeah. That can be an issue. But then again, there are people that would travel like my um didn't say miles but <laughs> they would travel a long way to do like the to go to a convention because i mean the people that are going from the uk to america for um what's it called ac this year as well so. mm -hmm. <laughs> well, i think the other issue is that uh, saying you want to have a TF-only convention is exclusionary. it feels it's it's very exclusionary when yeah. conventions by nature oh, are no. they sort of like they're they're a shared interest sort of thing, right? Yeah. Like you go to like an anime convention, there's more than people there for anime. Like there's there's tons of people dressed up in furry costumes. There's people there for <laughs> cosplay. There's people there to buy their you know their their comics. Yeah, I know that. I'm, my sister it's, goes to um, anime conventions. <laughs> She's the anime one, I'm the fairy one. <laughs> but we well, both appreciate our well, yeah. um, differences. So. I think someone mentioned earlier that, like, uh, you know, you'd have to start as like, a Fermi. Like, conventions are something mm -hmm. that don't, like, somebody doesn't just put yeah. out sort of a, uh, you know, poster saying there's a TF convention here or a furry convention yeah. and suddenly thousands of people show up. It grows organically from probably what was once a very small 
gathering, you know, and yeah, um, and then grows. Um, as far as like gatherings, like I guess the probably like the most casual, like most frequent gathering we have in the TF community right now, I would say would be um, at least online or like art streams, right? I don't know. Is, is do you think I'm right in saying that? Art streams are pretty, um, well, yeah, they are. Why well, you, why Nell and you both stream, right? In fact, all of you stream as far as I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, get, uh-huh. we have a fairly regular streams. I stream almost every day. And I, there <laughs> are like 20 to 30 people there at least all the time. Sometimes as many as like 120. And I mean, they're not gigantic, but they're pretty sizable streams with a lot of conversation going on. I think if you're going to make a TF only con, it would have to like come out of another con. Like, yeah, I mean, grow slowly, like getting panels at a convention <laughs> and, you know, increasing mm-hmm. presence until you have enough people to do your own on a different day. The issue is with that as well is like you've got to make sure you have enough people there. There are people like me who would love to go to an American convention, but live in the UK. (laughs) It it would be difficult too, just because I find that people who are into furry TF and people who are into non-furry TF don't get along well. At least in my experience, because I mean, like, if you try, if you try and put push like some human to like monster girl on FA, it's going to get like no views. And if you put a post furry TF somewhere like a four chan transformation thread, it's just going to get instantly deleted and reported. So there, there, there are there are definitely like there's a community there, but it's cut in half in a lot of respects. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that day. Does what do Monster Girls though? Not contesting your point, I I generally agree with you. Well, I th- I think the artists are kind of the bridge to all gaps, right? The mm. consumers are only interested in what they're interested in. An artist mm. is is really going to make specific. Like, I'm not going to draw a Monster Girl furry TF like in the same <laughs> image, but. Someone can like my Monster Girl TF, and someone can like my Furry TF, and those yeah. would be due to different people sometimes. True. I've had that a lot from different things, like, um, I had the uh, Tour TF, well, I've done, like, several of them, but there's, like, some people who is just interested in the tour was happening, and other people just, like, it's a cool long TF. Because I just liked how the story progressed. So, you know, it's the same in that sense, even if you fan them. So, <laughs> sorry. I mean, a lot of TF isn't even like split directly mm-hmm. in half like that. There's a cool. lot of people that are only interested in TF as, uh, mm-hmm. as something that involves another thing, like, you know, dominance or. Yeah. A different specific fetish that yeah. TF often involves. Because, again, I know a lot of fairs that do like the whole transgender stuff. And, you know, there's some of them that are just like, I only like transgender TF, but don't like anything else. You know, so it, 
again, as you said, it it the thing is, TF kind of branches everything. <laughs> it's such a broad sort of subject that you can't really like. It caters to a lot of people, but in very different and um, yeah. ways, I guess. I think that's ultimately why it would be hard to make. TF isn't really an identity, like being furry is. Yeah. It's more of something you like. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like, uh, I don't know, like vaping as opposed to being a hippie, right? That's the difference? <laughs> yeah, that's, kind yeah, of, yeah, kind of. That's a pretty far in, uh, in between <laughs> comparison. Yeah. Pop uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go, Corn. But, um, I mean, since we were uh, talking a bit about streams, um, obviously streams, especially with the likes of Picardo, seem to be the trend. Um, so just why do you all, uh, I know, um, uh, Husky, you started to do streaming, but in a general sense, uh, why do you all do streams? <laughs> because what makes me? <laughs> <laughs> I am the primary oh, no. driving force between, behind a lot of people streaming. Honestly, I find that I get a lot more done when I don't stream, but for a lot of people, it's the exact opposite. They find that streaming is a huge motivator. Uh, but that being said, I do find that the, the streams are just an amazing place uh, where people get to hang out and have made a ton of friends there, so I wouldn't stop it for the world. But sometimes it does slow me down <laughs> for i me, talk too much on the streams for for me um streaming is a lot more like clocking in because w when you do this full time it's really hard to sit down and work and do nothing but work for eight to 12 hours at a time but if you're streaming that suddenly becomes really easy because you've got a whole bunch of people watching you and I, I'm not going to speak for anyone else, but for me, it helps if you have that accountability and people watching you. It helps me keep going because if I wasn't streaming, I would probably sit down and sketch for like three or four hours and then stop. That's really what motivates me too. Like, uh, it's it's difficult to get started streaming. Like that first, you know, mm -hmm. start stream button. But once you hit it, everything gets much easier for me. Just just like the keeping going kind of thing. So it's it's a motivational thing as much as it is a, a social. That's what it, you're saying. It's it's both, but I, I also think it's uh I don't know. I, I don't find it's motivation so much as it's it gives you a reason to to do stuff. Mm. Whereas before you wouldn't. I don't so know. So sort of I I mean this is maybe the wrong word for it, but it it institutionalizes like the art process. It makes it easier to follow the clock or clock in like Cora said. That's part of it. And, and I think I think to elaborate on what I said earlier a little bit, it's, it's sort of instant gratification for an artist because you can be working on a piece for a really long time and have no idea if it's gonna end up like shit or if people will like it. But having people in stream is a really instant way of getting gratification and feedback on an image. And that gives you that gives you motivation to keep working on it too. Yeah, I, I think it's it's not just those things too, but like okay, so I'm working, and you know you get instant feedback, and you can get like 
critique on stuff and you can like talk with other artists you know it's 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 kind of a place to do art if if you've ever worked uh, uh on in a physical media as an artist in a group setting like like in a school or with people around it's a lot easier to keep going even after you finish something so like especially when you're like it's easy to get ideas it's it's nice to have a social setting that isn't uh, where you can work. Basically, it's it's very hard to want to work when uh, the, by the nature of your work, it's usually so antisocial and, and internal. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I love TG Wonders streams so much. I think they're the it's best. It's definitely a water cooler effect for sure. Water cooler effect. What is that? <laughs> You just like, guess. Go ahead. Uh, like, you know, it's a place where people gather around. It becomes not not tedium, but a social experience. Okay. Oh yeah. So like gathering on the water water cooler at work. That's what that yeah. refers to, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like streaming is a pretty beneficial thing for an artist or even a writer, maybe to uh, to get into. So. Um, and what mentioned that it could be pretty hard starting out, especially that first stream. So how do you how do you get started? Like, what are the pitfalls? What makes a stream more successful right out the bat as opposed to um, a failure? You know, what makes a bad stream a less enjoyable stream? Uh, I would say like make friends. Picardo is one of the best streaming services there is because it has the, uh, the merge chat multi streaming ability, yeah. like it. You can you can go to an artist that you know, or one that you don't know, and ask if they'd like to stream with you, and you you can join your streams together. And that's I I imagine that's how a lot of people have the viewers they have now is because uh, I'm pretty open about inviting whoever wants to you know join in. I've that's, had a lot of completely new streamers to Picardo ask me if they'll come to stream. What I've been actually wanting to do because I. Despite I have quite a few followers, it's just like, well, I don't really get very much in my streams. It would be nice to sort of go into a stream and have actual people be there. <laughs> like, I like the couple of people I do get, but I have actually been asking now and again if there are any, if there is anybody to stream and, you know. I don't exactly get a response, so I kind of do it, and half the time my stream just kind of ends up with just, like, me and, like, somebody else. <laughs> well, if if any, any potential artists here would like to multi-stream, and I am not full, you can always just ask me. Uh, the worst I'll do is say no, because I'm waiting for someone else. Uh, I'm usually not. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I've never turned anybody down for a moment. I'll probably have to get in touch with you guys. It would be probably nice to do like a TF stream or two. <laughs> yeah. I only really stream when like somebody wants me to stream. I don't normally stream on my own. That's you know. the other part of streaming, actually. Is I I think you need to like make it a regular thing. Oh no! I, the thing is, like, like I did try this year as well with um 
I did put up a journal and at the beginning of February and stuff, I did sort of keep to the structure. But as time went on, it was like, oh, there's nobody here. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I just gave it up. You can look at places like <laughs> Twitch streams, right? And there's a lot yeah. of people on there that like they they had one two regular viewers until all of a sudden they had hundreds right it it's really about stumbling into popularity mm. when it comes to streaming and it's you're not going to get twitch level of, of viewers on on picardo but I you can think like i don't really want twitch levels <laughs> i don't think happy. most people do yeah, but like that 10 to 10 to 15 regular viewers is something i think everyone can yeah know, that's what about, i was about to say it's just like so i've got like 10 or 15 people watching me and i can sort of look in the chat and just like go hey what you guys up to and that's about it really so that's the thing that i really wanted to do is just like as we are now just be on a stream and talk to people and voice and help them within a, like a Skype, not Skype, because like that's dead now. <laughs> like, um, what's this thing called? Discord, just like have a mini Discord server for streaming and, you know, just talk to people over that. Be I think if, nice. if you're mm -hmm. looking for motivation to get started streaming, mm -hmm. a, a big thing that'll help is if you uh, make friends with other people that stream and you you get into the habit of watching them and joining them when they're streaming. I, yeah. I kind of like yell at people like Cora sometimes or Wonder or Ellen <laughs> to start streaming because it, it makes it easier for me to stream when someone else that I know is streaming. It, it really does. Like yeah. It's kind of yeah, hard to like want to start a stream, but if I see someone else I know is streaming, I want to, I want to, I want to jump in and stream with my so friends. That's kind of the problem I have. It's just like, that's half the reason why I don't stream it half the time when I should be streaming. It's just like, I'm looking for people and then I'm just like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just quit and just do it on my own. And once just, you, yeah. uh, once you get into streaming, like how important are all the little doodads, like the, the animated, like status things and the, um, the donations and donation comments. I mean, is that easy to set up? Is that something that that helps a lot as far as being an artist? <clears throat> uh, it's, it's pretty straightforward to set up. Um, yeah. One of the reasons that a lot of us have uh, moving uh, gifts, gifs, however that's pronounced, um, GIF. on there is so that uh, if something freezes up, that you're you're able to tell that the stream is frozen, frozen or not, not yeah. just that somebody's uh, not drawing. So, yeah, if you, if you put anything on there, that's that at the very least, bare minimum, is something worth doing. As far as the donations and the advertisements and whatever else uh, that's on there. Um, you know, the, the, the amount uh, of return that you get on them can be kind of limited. It really depends on, on your model uh, that you're using. Uh, so like if you if you have a Patreon model, uh, then that, that should be your focus. Um, if you're uh, somebody who's just kind of doing it as a hobby, uh, then you might want to do a donation model. Um, it, none of it can hurt though. And you'll find that people 
uh, who are tuning into your stream, they, they really do want to support you. Uh, they, they enjoy and appreciate what you do and they want to, uh, to show that uh, support and appreciation. So it's, it's certainly well worthwhile to, at the very least, uh, offer them some kind of means of, of uh, supporting what you do. To, to uh, add on to that, since you were asking about how important they are, uh, just as an example, last year, my, my total income, about, I would say a, a quarter to a third of it was just donations through streaming. Because, you know, I, I stream so much, people, you know, like to send small amounts, but small amounts add up to a lot over time. So it was a very significant part of my total income. Yeah. Yeah. Coolax cool cool alone has, like, I'm pretty sure I paid half my electric bill this month. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I have to start streaming then. I mean, to be honest, I've got a lot of work to do nowadays anyway. So, I mean, I guess I can get in touch with you guys and then sort of stream a couple of times a week. I mean, if you guys would be interested in that, I mean, <laughs> you'd have another person if, on uh, the team. If you're willing, <laughs> to, uh, willing to bear the whiplash of what? just motivating you the whole time well like i said all you have to do is follow and when you see him streaming just stop by and ask and i'll invite assuming i'm the host and i have a free <laughs> spot of course <laughs> yeah i'm sure he'll, i'll have uh, to find out if your stream is and then turn on notifications for you then I'm, I'm sure wonder will invite you too he's he's got mm -hmm. a much better stream than i do He's, he's got a better stream than any of us. But he's like the most silent for some reason today. Yeah, we're, uh, we're actually wondering about that, um, ironically. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, Wonder, since we're talking about streams, uh, I'll be honest in saying that I usually see most of your works on a stream versus, you know, being submitted online. Um, but in terms of doing streams is that sort of your way of actually doing your sketches and all that sort um like how does that work out for you well sketches for me are pretty um easy and and, and I'm, i mean i usually i'm active all the time when i'm doing my live streams and uh, most of the time when i do my live streams i'm usually doing it for whoever arrives and um usually just Basically communicating with the um, with the community, with the fans, whatever comes first, either it's even if it's a commission or just a, a random freebie, usually. Okay. Wonder does a ton of freebies, and by that I mean like he'll watch chat and he'll take things that are said in oh. chat and he'll turn uh, them into doodles. Yes, I really, <laughs> like, I... like he's he's spamming the Discord right now with doodles that he made from reading chat <laughs> oh god yeah basically. I, see them. I know when i uh when i stream and i look back at the chat i'll see something mentioned about wonder doing something about me and i'll have to look and he's been drawing something about me the whole time so yeah he he will he will catch on to that <laughs> to be aware 
He, he's easily the best interact. Like the per, out of all of us, he interacts the best with his streams when he's not like dealing with his neighbors or or eating food. <laughs> or definitely seems. Definitely seems. Who needs food? <laughs> yeah. TG has probably like uh, one of the more unique styles as far as art, like his ability to sketch, and it's it seems almost tailor made for like the streaming platform experience. And, I mean, I, go ahead. In terms of sketching, though, um, so I know why you talked about this um, way back on actually this Discord before. I forgot what the topic um, or the subject matter was, but. We were talking about doing um, art and improving your art and style and all that sort. Uh, and I think one of the um, interesting responses that came to be from that was, you know, doing sketches um, versus, you know, focusing on the details, doing or looking at what you did wrong or looking at someone else's art and see what they did right and how to sort of integrate that to your own style. So um, in terms of doing sketches versus doing a very focused piece, like doing everything very detailed, do you think that doing several of those sketches would be better for that individual to learn their own style and learn from their mistakes rather than them being fully engaged into a singular piece and doing it very little by little um okay so to answer that i'll go a little bit high level i think uh art is all about copying whether it's uh you memorizing and copying real life or you memorizing and copying another artist you go all the way back to the beginning it's it's really about copying and interpreting right the important part here is the interpretation, and it's it, you. You really need to focus and and figure out what you need to learn as you uh, as you attempt to progress as an artist. Right? There's there's no single method that's going to work for everyone, and really evaluating your strengths and weaknesses is one of the hardest, if not the hardest, part of doing art. It's it's not like, oh, I need to get good at drawing, uh, you know, faces. It's, it's what about my faces doesn't look good. And a lot of that is uh, jumping to other people's art, looking at, at you know, people in the, your similar range and finding someone who does something the way you like it and then figuring out why that person does it the way you like it and why you don't. And, and like being able to compare, and those are those really hard things, and you need a lot of like mental tools to teach yourself stuff. Like, mm. uh, so to say, like, oh, it's better to sketch or it's better to do like a single piece. Well, is it the construction of your characters that you don't like? Because if 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 it's the basic construction that you don't like about something, if you if you finish this masterful piece and you realize that your anatomy doesn't look that great or something looks off then i think sketching will improve the final piece like if, if you decide to make a final picture you know it's it's all colored and shaded and everything i think building better from the beginning might be better so maybe practicing your sketching comparing other sketches specifically not finished products but go find sketches that other people have done uh 
go find real pictures and and figure out why your stuff doesn't look as good as that does uh in the context that you need improvement which is the important part because mm -hmm. if you're spending all this time finishing every single picture but it's the basic construction that doesn't look great then you are wasting time but if the problem is is you're not shading well enough then maybe it is those finished pictures that you need to focus on uh learning better yeah i, I just kind of want to jump in on that and say that like flaws are how we develop style Right, and that's why everybody's stuff looks slightly different uh, because not everybody is a photocopier, right? Uh, but <laughs> you work long enough and you get comfortable enough with your own style, and that takes a while, and then you start noticing what you want to change about your art, and that's when you go looking for reference. So all of my improvement has been this endless cycle of probably not doing what I should and just ignoring reference, ignoring everything, sketching for a month or two at a time, and then realizing I hate something and then using reference and then suddenly getting way better all at once. I don't know if it's the same for anybody else. I don't know. It's, it's like, I, I like to regularly do studies on different art styles. Like I'll try to imitate them. Like that's a big part of my Patreon is people suggest things to me. And I, I have been trying to do some of those suggestions when they suggest things like fan art in the style that is originally presented or try to like lean my style towards that. Like, uh, you know, like uh, recently I started looking up how to like imitate a more anime kind of style because I didn't come from that section. I know a lot of artists start with anime and they move to a different style. Uh, but, you know, I, I had to figure out what separates Eastern styles from Western styles. And I, it's not often what you would assume it is. Like everyone's, oh, it's the giant eyes, right? But, you know, it's more about eye spacing and and mouth placement and headspace and things like that. Like all, all of this stuff makes a style. When you, and, and learning to break that stuff down and see it is, is, is how you're going to get your most improvement. And since you're talking about, you know, imitating um, other things, do you think it's um, learning these styles or even, say, looking at, like, still life or still pictures, is it more so of just imitating that to the point to where it's really mu more of a muscle memory than you can really attach that um, imagery from, you know, your mind rather than relying on a reference or something of that sort? I think uh, not relying on a reference is something that comes kind of, uh, I mean, how, how do you learn any other specific skill, right? You, you do it and then you learn to explain it to yourself and then you learn to like explain it to someone else and you realize that you've mastered the knowledge. And it's sort of the same with art, really. You, you, you look at something, you figure out why it's different, you attempt to copy that difference or, or you know, uh, present that difference in your own art. And then after a while, you'll be able to call upon that knowledge, uh, as you said, like with, with muscle memory. Okay. And um, how about you, Ellen? I know of uh, you've uh, actually done some tutorials on your own streams about how you uh, tackle your art and how you go through it piece by piece. How do you typically approach um, like getting into a new style or 
trying to improve your own style? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much what they've said. Uh, you just kind of find something that you like. Um, uh, for myself, uh, I tend to, to find a lot of inspiration in uh, historical art. I'm a big fan of a lot of the Orientalist art that came out of the 19th century. Um, so I, I use a lot of that to not only uh, guide kind of the way that I try to do my, my some of my paintings and stuff, but also uh, thematic elements. And uh, and you, you can really find inspiration uh, through all sorts of things. Uh, I, I will give a word of warning to people, though, uh, if and when you decide to take on a, a large project uh, that will take many, many, many months to complete, uh, the amount of time that you have to be able to, to dedicate toward experimentation and uh, learning uh, dries up <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, so I've been kind of trying to go through, uh, at least since I've been working on Changeling Tale, uh, I've been really focused more on production than on uh the, the the learning end of things uh so uh i'm i think that uh as you have art become more of your career you need to find a balance between uh production and and learning and, and at least for myself uh that's uh something that i'm going to really need to work on and i know you've uh just recently came back from Scotland, uh, where actually your Changeling Tales game is based in. Do you feel that was a very inspirational and very beneficial experience as far as driving uh, the, the game itself and creating the backdrops and all that sort that pretty much uh, gives the, the flesh and blood to your game? I, I do. I'm I'm really glad I had the opportunity to go on this trip. Uh, it it wasn't related at all to Changeling Tale. It it was a total coincidence. Uh, I, I just happened to to be able to go with my parents. They were headed there and they needed uh, somebody to to tour guide them around and offered. Um, so I, I was very fortunate in that regard. But um, you know, going around there. Um, and not even just in the artistic sense of being able to see what the landscape looks like and and uh, that sort of thing, but but also hearing people talk uh, and being able to kind of build that into the the way that the people talk in the game. Um, all sorts of things that go into uh, making an immersive experience. Uh, you, you can't. I, I, and you, you really can't do that unless you have actually been there. And uh, I, I've been—I chose Scotland partially because I had been there before, uh, and I, I did have some sense of, of kind of what it felt like there and how uh, people talk and so forth. Uh, but getting a chance to, to do so just now, uh, while in while the game's in production, uh, was just an amazing opportunity. That's good to hear. And. Uh... In terms of tutorials, um, I know what, and again, you, Ellen, you both have done tutorials um, or even just live uh, live um, streams of like you doing a critique of someone's art that they wanted you to look at. Do you feel that doing tutorials, even if it's just something like a YouTube video, are much more beneficial than, say, like, an educational um, upbringing. I know what, um, and even you, Cora, 
we've spoken before about how education with like art may not be as beneficial as one who would just go online or go get a book and just learn that way. Do you think a tutorial is much more of a visual demonstration of how to um, go through the steps of what you would look on through like a book or like an article or, or something of that sort? Well, uh, should I tackle this or do you want to handle it? Because I can go first and I'll jump well, in. I, uh, for me, it's a cost benefit analysis first and because when you're looking for people who are uh, to train you, if you go the educational route, you're going to be paying for it. And so the, the point that I was making in the episode I was on was primarily get for free what you can get for free. There's a ton of stuff on YouTube. And there's a ton of people who'd be willing to help you out. Uh, so if, if people are trying to make the choice between education and uh, tutorials, I would say definitely get as far as you can without you know going into debt, basically. Uh, because I think, I think that you can get there without a degree, for sure, without any formal education. Especially now in a place like when we're in this place where we have the internet and most most of the stuff you'd be able to get in education you can get for free i would say uh that really the 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 primary purpose of the school is not to teach you art art's very subjective how each person learns a different is it's very different and some people don't even find any use out of, out of the formal like uh structured education and they often teach you a lot of things that you don't care to learn specifically or, and and you and sometimes they'll even teach you things that you aren't prepared to learn like when when you jump into like a, a structured setting they they have a very set timeline that they teach you things but not everyone is prepared to learn about color theory immediately after they very first learned to draw like the, those those two things are like very different they're, they're opposite like uh points of understanding and if you're just not there yet, you'll be going through the motions and you may get all the questions right and you may think you understand it, but uh, you might not. Speaking personally from my education experience, I would say do not go to school, but I I went to a scam college, uh, art college and there are a lot of them in America yep. at least. Like There are a ton of them. They scam you out of hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes. Uh, and they provide you with a, an education taught usually by people who had recently graduated from the school. At, at least that was the case at my college. And even when it's not, it's it's not always people that are experts in their field. And since art's so subjective, it's really hard to be an expert in, in teaching art. Just because, uh, I mean, you might not teach a certain student anything, right? It's it's very difficult. All you can teach is what you know and how you learned and how you think you should have learned or how you think you could have learned better. So I, I knew a lot of art before I got into the school uh, personally. And when I got out of the school, I would say almost none of that knowledge was from the school that I had gained. It was mostly done on my own. Uh, that said, all the negative things I've said about school, uh, if you find that school is a necessary like motivation tool that may be one thing that helps you know helps you with school because 
you know, a lot of people find that having tasks and, and schedules and, uh, and, and a more formal education route is what they need to be able to do something. Uh, and that, that may be how you want to learn and that's perfectly fine. I will add that if you find that you need school to be a motivator to produce art or learn art, you may find it to be incredibly difficult to do anything after you get out of school. I, I know this from having been with a lot of students who are exactly like that. And uh, almost none of them ended up in the art industry because they found that they had very little motivation to do art on their own time. It wasn't something that they loved enough to take the the almost guaranteed monetary hit. Like you're not going to make a lot of money doing art. Right? This isn't this isn't a super well-paying job, and you do have to work long hours, and it's a lot of work. And if if you can't be self-motivated, or you can't work when you're not motivated, which is this is even more important. Sometimes you just have to work and you don't want to, but you have to, it's like, you know, a job, except you don't have someone that's going to fire you if you don't show up. Like, th these are all things that you have to be able to do outside of a school setting. And I, I find a lot of people don't like factor that in when they're choosing to go to school is that they're using it to motivate them, but they won't have that as, as something to make them do anything when they get out. Right. I can see what you're going from on that, um, since I see like a lot of uh, friends, especially uh, that go into degrees that I really don't see the positive outcome. For example, like you know, uh, which first of all, not to downplay anyone that pursues these degrees, it's just you know my personal thoughts on it. But like choosing to uh, follow degrees like psychology or uh, criminology um, or anything like that that the either the industry for that particular category is so saturated um, or it really is more reliant on uh, actual in the field experience rather than a, a university or a college uh, sit-in uh, would be much more you know beneficial versus taking the time to do that it always interested me uh, uh, why people would choose to do so but to each their own, I guess, on that. <laughs> if, if you're truly passionate about art, I say learn art on the side and get a degree in something you're less passionate about but you're interested in. Because uh, knowledge is an important part of being able to do art. You have to not only be able to teach yourself things, which is kind of hard at like a, just, just a theoretical level, like, but it's, it's also you have to know a lot of things to do art well. Like you, don't, you have to know how things work. You have to know how to figure out how things work. Like I, I think, I think yeah. learning engineering is, is like, I mean, that would help a lot. Yeah, like just, when it, just with artwork. When it comes, yeah, when it comes to art, I think the biggest is uh, going to a college thinking that the college will tell them how to draw. Because I, honestly, that's the mistake that I made where what you really should be thinking is, I have a foundation for, for drawing already. I've gotten as far as I can go, and I want an education now to help me go from good to great. I, I, to not, not to throw college too much under the bus, my college class on color theory was probably one of the most educational uh, things that I've, I've ever gotten. 
and, and that came out of college. But at the same time, at the time that I took the class, I didn't know how to use that knowledge. So it was useless to me at the time. Right. And that's what I was trying to get up, get at is that you might not be ready for the knowledge you're getting. Yeah. Because it, part of art is you, you're looking for some, some sort of understanding when you get to a certain spot, right? You, you, you figured out sketching and, and now you, you like start throwing color on things yourself. Like you experiment and, uh, then you step outside of that and you like start doing your own research, uh, it's sort of something you learn forever, right? There's there's not any point you're going to stop and say, "Oh, I know color now. I can stop teaching myself stuff." Like you're you're going to be learning color the entire time you do this stuff, and you might not be ready for the higher concepts. Interesting. Okay, so good stuff from that, and uh, we'll go ahead and end with uh, one last question, and uh, that question is directed to you, Wonder. Uh, so wonder who is the dorkiest of dorks um, in the world. I'm not sure about that, to be honest. Well, there you it's have wonder. it. <laughs> it will never be known who is the dorkiest of dorks. So um, we'll go ahead and end on that note there. So we'll go into a break here and then we'll come back for part two, which is the Q&A sessions with questions provided uh, by our um discord compadres here so we'll uh, be back here shortly thanks everybody for listening Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Changing Times Transformation Podcast. You're listening to the uh, host, Cheesy Dino, as well as uh, co-host, Meliflox. Thanks for joining us. That would us. be me. Yeah. And just to quickly go back through our uh, returning participants here, we have What's Up? Hi. Uh, and little Napoleon also joining us. Hello. And we have Cora Blue. Hello. Uh, also, Crazy Husky. Hi again. All right. And also, leader of Dork Squad, TG Wonder. Neat. All right. So, here we are for part two, which is the QA session for this episode, which is uh, using questions provided by the users of the Transformation Discord that we are currently uh, recording live with the uh, studio audience, as it were. 
So um, we'll be doing some random generated questions um, that have been provided and go from there. So uh, first question we have up um, is provided by the user SharkRags. Um, and the question is, what's the longest turnaround time from concept to finished product, either in terms of a story or a picture? Um, and was this due to external circumstances or an uh, artist block? Oh man, I know Ellen's answer. What's my answer? <laughs> a comic, which took like a year to make. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's multiple images, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, any kind of large project like this, I'm sure Changeling Tale will take even longer than the, the comic did in terms of constant work anyway. And anyone else? Cora, have you got any art pieces? I know you said you uh, had, um, oh boy, critical, was it critical point? I'm sorry. Critical oh, conditions. Critical conditions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, if if we're going by entire projects, yeah, that's definitely my longest one. Uh, that was like a year and a half in the making. Beanie's about to pass that, but I th I think that wasn't for lack of uh, motivation or artist block or anything. That's just because it's a big project. I'm trying to think. Um, I used to, I used to obsess over like single pieces for a really long time when I first started out because I didn't feel like I was that good. So I would keep touching stuff up over the course of several weeks. And that was just, and I think, I think that's the most relevant. Uh, that was just because like, you know, I was just starting out. I didn't think I was, and I didn't want to show off anything that I thought was awful. So there were a lot of points. Uh, and this is this is dating me, but back in 2002, 2003, where I would work on stuff for three weeks, not because of artist block, just because I thought it was bad and I needed, you know, it took me that long to fix my mistakes. But um, now you're starting to go back on those and improve on that from what I've seen you uh, going yeah. back into... Now it's now it's rare for me on a single image for longer than three or four days. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and how about oh. you, Crazy Husky? I, I know you uh, do a lot of collaborations or coloring pieces. Yeah. Um, have you found some stumblings as far as getting the colors right or working with the collaborator on how to uh, present that? Um, not really. It's just for me that I find like the larger pieces. Um, I need to do stuff in batches. As you know, I upload in chunks. I cannot start a sequence and then just leave it. Um, I find that if I do everything in one go and then, you know, it makes me focus a lot more on it and get stuff right than just sort of, you know, doing, say, like half a sequence, then coming back to it a few weeks later. And a few people who sort of have got, like, larger sequences from me already know that 
if I'm going to do something, then it'll be a while. But once I get started, it pretty much just gets done there and then. <laughs> because I tend to just, like, throw everything aside and then that will be that one thing I work on for, like, about a week or two and it just gets done and I don't need to go back to it. <laughs> it's just actually getting the time to do them. So... It can be troubling. That's really yeah. about it, really. Yeah, I can understand that. Time is uh, an important factor. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Wonder? Has there ever been a project that wasn't a sketch? <laughs> I really am curious. Well, first of all, they all had to start with sketches. And um, probably the, um, the major one I had, you know, a personal project of mine was probably the um the nineteen eighty um squirrel um uh, sequence itself. Um basically it started as a as a fun sketch, you know, everyone liked it and, uh, and the majority of the um the at the of chat at the time liked it to the point where it's like I can do more with it, you know, I'm gonna and then and then I just basically said, Yeah, I'll do more with it and eventually it started out um, I cleaned up the sketch at first, and then I decided I was going to color it. And then after that, I decided to finally ink it. And then I went through um, pretty much a whole process in itself of um, <laughs> of making um, you know you know the, organizing the colors, organizing the line art, the layout, the final background. And um, other than that. Um, I was just basically just having fun at the same time too. So, and plus, I was just trying to push beyond what uh, a normal, um, you know, side by side sequence would look like, essentially. And Other than that, um, it's pretty great though. And what really drives you to go from a, a sketch version to a full fledged version of a piece? Um, I've, I know I've seen some full-fledged pieces that you've done, but what provides that sort of transitionary inspiration? Uh, basically, um, you know, just satisfying, satisfying the um, everyone and who who actually watches me or follows my galleries, and um, you know, just 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 satisfaction. I guess it's, it's just it just feels great, you know. Okay. And have you ever thought of doing like a big project um, or even doing a collaboration with either of these wonderful people here in the future? Yeah, I'm always up for it. It's just that I'm, I'm still stuck with um, Ellen and um, Wet's um, <laughs> collaboration. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, that's right. Isn't there something all three of you should be doing? I remember someone no. watching that. No, it's on Ellen now. <laughs> I think so I think Wonder on. finished this part, right? right. Or is it oh, really? Just... <laughs> really? <laughs> oh god! Oh, no, he might not have. We're talking about the doodle string. <laughs> yes, the doodle string. I uh, last I have last last I saw it was a long time ago, and I thought it was on Wonder still. I'm I'm still working on the outline or the, the inking part, but I I did open it up that one time, and then that was it. 
and he looked at it. Yeah. Well, there's there's also another project that Wonder's working on that called called the Doodle Project. We're hoping he one day puts out. Is it the Blair Dork Project, <laughs> or is it Blair it, Squeak? A Wonder can tell you about the Doodle Project. Well. Essentially, the um, the Doodle Project is basically um, a little art book I'm putting together. It's basically what I doodle on the live streams. I don't have a um, a good record of uploading any doodles I do on the live streams. So this is basically my answer, at least getting something to the public without, you know, you know, um, pretty good art. Good, okay. <laughs> He has like thousands of doodles that he's never posted that are pretty good, and he wants to make a project to post that that has at least you know a hundred or so in it. Okay, seems like a neat neat idea. So and um, we all yell at him to finish it constantly. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> I hear it every day. And um, jumping into our next question. Um, this one seems like a bit of a fun one. Uh, it's also by Shark Rags, um, and it is in another time, another world. There's a version of you that never got into TF. What is this alternative universe? You, um, well, let me reword this. is a little strangely um, organized. What is it in this alternative universe you're doing instead? Do you have oddly intimidating facial hair? Oh, it's a very interesting last bit. Um, so yeah, I'll let anyone jump in on that. I'd honestly probably still be doing tech support because that's what that's what I did to support myself before art paid. So I would probably just still be doing that, honestly. Yeah, I'd still be in the vitamin company because, uh, and if it, if it weren't for the TF community, uh, there'd be no way that I'd be able to do art. Uh, at, at a full-time level. Um, when you say vitamin company, what sort of uh, line of work did you do for that? Uh, I was in business intelligence, uh, basically um, running through all their numbers, telling them how they were doing, how they were faring against their competitors. It was all very thrilling stuff, I assure you. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm much happier building uh, games and doing TF stuff. Just... Oh, I, I didn't finish answering the question. SpaceX reminded me. I would like to think that I would have a ZZ top tier beard. ZZ, oh gosh, that's, that's up there. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Ellen? How's your beard? Uh, well, I guess I could start growing it if you guys need me to. I feel like I feel like Ellen would be those kinds that take like two months to grow like a couple bristles. <laughs> Are we talking like an El a uh, a Lennon beard? Who's the historical figure? You'd be. I don't. About <laughs> me, I'd probably pick a Chester Arthur. What kind I of think I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd probably still be doing art. I, I didn't jump into TF art originally. And I'd probably be do, doing something respectable, like, I don't know, draw, drawing for video games or something. Something boring <laughs> like that. 
Uh, yeah, I would still be doing art. I just don't think I could have moved pay if it hadn't been for the TF community in general. Ah, okay. And how about uh, you, yeah. Wonder? Um, as for me, I probably would have been just done um, graphic design or something, or digital media of some sort, other than um, drawing art whatsoever. Other than that, I think that would be just mostly graphic design. Okay. And how about you, Crazy Husky? What do you have to say about that? I don't actually really know. I mean, I, I think... Because I did game design as well for university, but I have yet to get a job in computers. So I think I didn't go the art route, but I just did art for fun. And most of my art stuff comes from computer programming anyway, like designing UIs and, you know, elements like that. So... I'd still probably be doing like computer UI mods and all that type of stuff. But then again, I did sort of branch into furry art as well. So I probably still might be doing that too, but just not transformation. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's another fun question from uh, Mr. Weasel. That is, if you had to choose an alien species, sci-fi universe to TF into, what would you pick? Who's this directed at? Everybody? Uh, you could start off. Oh, um... There's quite a lot of beast things out there, and I don't know which one, which one I go, go into, because there's just so much I like. I don't know. Let's let somebody else answer it first, to be honest. <laughs> um, there you go, Wanda, or... I can't actually remember who else that is. <laughs> Sorry. Can someone else, can somebody answer? Or do you not want a... That's a tough <laughs> one. Specifically, specifically sci-fi alien? That's the question wording, yeah. Hmm. I'm sure you have a little room, wiggle room. I know what I'd pick. I'd be what a Navi. I'd pick Trelane from Star Trek, if anybody remembers that episode. I don't. The one you asked me to play with the... No, 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 I asked you to play Mud, Mud's Women. That was a good episode, too. But no, the, the one I'd pick would be <laughs> Trelane. You guys go look it up sometime. Trelane, how do you spell that? T-R-E-L-A-N-E. What would you pick, Wonder? The episode was The Squire of Gothos. Yeah, um, the blue cat people things on uh, that one movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Cat the ones that were taking a bath with, with their toys. Yeah, basically that one. That we should very push that pick. Film. <laughs> I, would, I think I would be... I think I would be... Edeljuicean from Space Dandy. Space, what? Oh God, no! Is that the tit monster? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no, that's the no, that's here. a cat, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's the cat. They're like a they're like a wonder reminded me of it. And if you haven't seen Space Dandy, you really should. It is an amazing show. 
Oh, is, it a, is it a movie or a... Um... It's, I just... I couldn't handle it. I really pegged you for the tit monster. Space Dandy's an anime. <laughs> it's essentially making fun of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, it's made by the same people. Oh, God. It's, it's, oh, now I have just... to watch it because Cowboy Bebop's my favorite. Show is a ridiculous <laughs> show. It really doesn't take itself seriously. <laughs> but, um... Uh, what is it? So... Let me see. Did we get everybody on that? I think Wonder You. I, I, yeah, you said the cat people. I don't think we got what. I don't. Oh yeah, what? I don't, I don't know very much about sci-fi. That so would be weird. a triple. Yeah, let's <laughs> I know with triple. I know more about games and uh, fantasy stuff, not sci-fi. That's probably like. I'll go with Q. That's that sounds like <laughs> fun. <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> it is. I'm a cheater. It's perfect. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. I actually said that so Wonder would post his cute pics. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fair enough. And since uh, we're uh, since we're talking about anime studios, um, another question from Shark Rags is: uh, Which anime studio would you take control of to make your dream single season TF based anime? Oh God, yes, oh, definitely no. Studio Ghibli for me, mate. Definitely uh, Studio Ghibli. Sorry, Trigger. <laughs> studio Trigger. Trigger. What have they done? Kill a kill. Oh yeah, that's right. They did a really oh. nice sequence for the uh, was it Gumball World? I can't remember. Yeah. I believe most of the people there split off from Gynex. And uh, anyone else? Cora, Ellen. <laughs> I don't know if you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give I'm going to give a new studio a chance and say Wit Productions, just because I think that their work on Attack on Titan was so amazing, and the no. amount of the amount of frames that they were able to jam into some of those scenes were insane. <laughs> Attack on Titan, I love that. Well, there are already TF elements to Attack on Titan, right? So Yeah, yeah. They already have their foot in the water, basically. (laughs) How about you, Wonder? You watch anime much? I'm sure you do. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with anime, to be honest. Um, Other than that, I'm not not sure to hear either. How about uh, any American cartoons you could relate to? Well, if anything, probably Starboard Industries. Industries. I'm not sure if I'm familiar with that. It's a good show. No, mm-hmm. Rick LA. and Morty. How about Rick and Morty? Uh, uh, they do Rick and Morty. I don't know. I'm just thinking out of out of my head because. More, more likely, if, if there was a um, transformation um, series of something, I'm pretty sure it'll more likely end up on more of a, a mature audience-themed um, channel or something like that. So <laughs> I would say that, or either that, the um, the people behind um, the Boondocks, if anything. Boondocks is a great show. Uh, yes, it was. And uh, Ellen, I'm not sure if you chimed in or not. Oh gosh. Um, 
If we're allowed to think outside of the box, I'd pick who uh, the the studio that did the Batman animated series. The, oh, which one? Classic. The old one. Yeah, the old one. The old one. Okay, I can I can relate to it's that. The good one. The good one. I don't know. The Batman Beyond one was not too bad. No, it, Batman Beyond wasn't bad, but nothing. Um, or the one. What was the one that was in the future? Was that Batman Beyond? That's Batman Beyond. Yeah, I have okay. to throw in an honorable mention. Uh, that I think it's I think they're like two brothers or something. They're just a couple guys. Uh, the the animators who did Panty and Stocking. That uh, I think that deserves an honorable mention for me because I fucking love that style. Oh, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with that, but I'm sure I could look into it at some point. Do they have their own production company? Then? The the two brothers, their own I, studio. I, I I think so. Here, I I mean, I could I could do some research real quick while we're waiting for the next question. I just remember just, that uh, two brothers. They only did like three episodes, but it was pretty pretty on point. Two That's brothers Gynex, in a van. While we're uh, we're diving into the past here to find that information about studios and such, uh, a related question: um, If you could choose any TF artist or writer who's disappeared into the void over the years and resurrect them to their full glory, who would you pick? <laughs> any ideas, TG? Wait, wait, wait repeat the question. Any artist who's disappeared? Yeah, any, any TF content producer, probably artist or writer, who's disappeared over the years, and you could resurrect them and all their work and anything that was deleted from their galleries, whatever, put it all back into the present, who would it be? Oh my god, you guys are being so mean to me right now. You guys, someone has to pick Pilot. Someone say Pilot. How <laughs> about Hazard? I don't, I don't remember him in a while. He hasn't posted anything either, right? I don't know if I know Hazard. How long ago has he posted? Um, I'm part of probably, um, I have honestly no idea. It was probably back in 2009, 2010 at least. No Laugh is another one, yeah. Purple Rover, I don't, I don't remember them. Olaf's a good pick. Especially since he's probably still around watching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what about Alex? Alex, why does that sound so familiar? Yeah, where's that Alex person go? Yeah, we should totally revive them. Their art was really good. This goes way back, and I doubt anybody is going to... But I would say Null Enigma. Null Enigma, yeah, that's a name. Old name. Um, there's also Fox. Fox is an old one. I don't know if he's actually posted in several years. Oh. Ellen, did you uh, have anyone in mind? <laughs> I just made my joke, that's all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so have his, has everybody chimed in on who they want to be there? You should have said the little pink Ellen. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, people definitely miss Stiletto, right? I mean, but I don't think she's coming back anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, well, if Stiletto I mean, were still around, then I probably would not have had yeah. the opportunity to collaborate with you a lot. So I'm, I'm actually quite happy that she's. Uh, sadly, 
Is, is anyone still in contact with her at all? No. She's she's probably out there, kind of like Nolov. So. No. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, That's... you've never. Yeah. You know. I, I guess don't think he knows. The... I I mean this, I know the full. This could be a podcast, so. I'll yeah, refrain we'll... from. Yeah, that's a, that's a long that story another, from what I know. Another time, another day, 60 minutes, TF. Do it. <laughs> yeah, that, was a, that was a complicated one that apparently I don't oh. know the entirety of yet. Yeah, you'll, you'll learn one day. One day. Very drama but, alert. But going on to our next question, who is actually by our um, Transformation Discord admin, Rarden, aka Yahtzee. Um, what is the most interesting interesting aspect of TF as a subject for you. Doesn't everybody join in at once? I think it's a pretty complicated answer for a few people. I mean, I, I like it because it, it is so versatile in the stories you can tell with it. Like, it, it works on the short end of the spectrum, like instant gratification kind of deal, right? But it also works for longer stories where you explore the results of TF, which I think lead itself to the far more interesting aspects of uh, storytelling. So I, I'd say storytelling is a big part of why I'm interested in the TF itself. For me, it's a, a bunch of different things. It's uh, It's definitely storytelling related. It's also kind of... Uh, maybe I, I'm trying to analyze myself question, but like maybe it has something to do with my interest in transhumanism in general and uh, my love for like uh, futuristic uh, visions of, of humanity and, and magic and RPs. I mean, like I grew up, I grew up playing like werewolf the forsaken and shit like that. So I don't know. It's a it's a combination of things for me. And humiliation, as Kulax reminds me. Oh yeah, that's a critical <laughs> part in your works as well. <laughs> I think for myself, uh, I'm I'm probably uh, pretty far on the the furry end of the spectrum, at least when I, as far as when I came into this community, into the TF community. Uh, and so I've always kind of just been interested in uh, TF as uh, a vehicle uh, for uh, making furry stuff happen. I don't know. It's, it's probably just as simple as that. But it's just a lot of fun to play around with, too, because uh, you can do so many fun, uh, funny things. You can bring humor into it. Uh, you, embarrassment. I know just the, the all the emotions that you can toss into these pictures. Um, it's, it's just a blast as an artist. How about you, Wonder? I would say... Um... It's mostly the aspect of trying to mani manipulate something that doesn't exist, but still trying to make it look as realistic as possible. That makes it more, you know, I, not not realistic. Well, I guess you can go realistic as well, but for in my case, it'll be more in a in a either in a um, more an adult or um, 
funny transition, basically. That's what that's what um that's what I like about it. And um other than that I think just overall fun, basically. Okay. I mean TF is fun, so I can't complain with that. Um, One of the things that I like about it just from like a point of view is that uh, a lot of artists like anime artists they'll get good at drawing one way and good at drawing one thing but i feel like as a tf artist i'm lucky because i learn how to draw a ton of things at once and if somebody if somebody asked me to a giraffe i could do it if somebody asked me to draw a dog i could do it if somebody asked me to draw a human i could do it and i think that puts me in a favorable position uh, uh, and it gives me a versatility that even a lot better than me don't have. Yeah, I think I think it's when you have to be a good artist, you have to learn a ton of things. And I think to be a good TF artist, you really have to learn even more than that. Like, because you don't have to just know how things work; you have to know how things work in relation to each other. Like, you know, human anatomy uh, versus specific ina- animal anatomy. Is, is kind of a big deal to selling good TF. Okay. And how about you, Crazy Husky? Anything you got to say for that? Crazy Husky? Did he die? Nope. I have myself completely muted. Whoops. Sorry. What was your question? <laughs> um... <laughs> So, what is the most interesting aspect of TF as a subject for you? Having fun. That's like the most important thing. It's really for me, <laughs> oh, you already know me already, Dino, but it's just like experimenting and exploring, you know, the weirder sides of art and things in general but you wouldn't normally even touch on like other subject areas in certain things you know mental and physical so you know this transformation you can just have fun with it you know mm-hmm. turn someone into a dog or you know make him into a rat and force <laughs> him to go around the maze or you know <laughs> <laughs> turn them into the ferret and take away the humanity. You know, it's to me it's just something that is an outlet that it's just fun to have around, fun to have around, but fun to just do and play with really. So it's kinda of going back on what Wonder said with sort of manipulating. Yeah, really. Okay. And um <clears throat> This is a quick question from Deathol, another transformation admin on this Discord. Um, so again, this is to what? Um, so he is asking what to dragon or not to dragon? Don't dragon. Oh, well, that's very disappointing. <laughs> no dragons and ever. <laughs> there you have it. What doesn't want you to ever do Durgans? Never again. Um, and 
I'll do one more question here, and then I'll let uh, Meliflox close with our last question afterwards. Um, which was... Uh, let me pull it back up here. I believe it was from... Uh, yeah, it was from Librarian, which is... Uh, what TF and Ellen's project are you most excited about? Um, that could go for either you or... Uh, what, Ellen? What, Cora can't pick a favorite? <laughs> I mean, if she knows. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Jessie. that would be insider trading. I recuse myself. It's, it's <laughs> Jesse, of course. And it's got to be Marion for me. Okay. Anyone else wonder, are you in the, in the lowdown on what's going on with that? No, I haven't been um, communicating with them with the how that's going. So I'm just like saying, oh, it's fancy. That's all. What about you, Cheesy? <laughs> You're on the team. Ooh, For anyone who doesn't uh, know, Cheesy is doing the, the music and is doing a stellar job on it and does uh, the music for the podcast as well. So that, that song that you're hearing on the front end and the back end, that's, that's Cheesy doing that. And Cheesy is very good at that. No, that's not me. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a clone of me doing all that work. But uh, I would say probably my favorite would be um, Jesse or uh, wasn't, was Grace the uh, sort of the, the aquatic? Um, yeah. Yeah, she was. Yeah, Gracie had a pretty good, um, a pretty good model as well. I liked her. You're not just judging them by their looks, are you? No. <laughs> Going back to this old tradition. <laughs> uh, no, it's really more of the personalities I liked. Jesse, I kind of like the uh, sort of... Uh, I, want, I don't want to say really combative, but more of a free, free individual wanting to sort of break out of the norm and all that. Um, so I, I do like someone that's sort of independent. But um, yeah. Between those two, I would say those would be my favorite that I'm excited about. Um, and then I'll let Meliflox go ahead and uh, pick our last question here. Sure. So um, just to close things out here, this is another one from Sharkrax. He asks, do any TF hijinks still surprise you? After all the years, do you ever pause, stare at the screen, close your eyes, yet the image still remains? So I think what he's asking is like, you know, from day to day, like after all the years involved in TF, what what about it still seems fresh to you? What's what's the the part that's most dynamic, most prone to change? That I, I, go ahead. I I think that just the how open TF is lends itself to a lot of creativity, and so it's it's nothing like. It's not. It's not the kind of surprise where I'm. Because at this point, I'm kind of like immune. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's people's creativity and the really unique situations and forms that people end up injecting into into TF. That's what constantly surprises me. It's like a. It's like um, people will say like every song has been written, but then some new band will come along and you you'll love them for like three months. It's like that with TF. 
Like you could be like, everything's been done and then wait a week and you'll be proven wrong. Well said. I think on, on top of that, the way that the, uh, that the community itself is able to interact with the artist has uh, changed a lot and is continuing to change a lot. Um, as we've seen with uh, kind of the evolution of streaming services and as Patreons come up and the things that that's all just made possible and the, uh, the networking, the connections that that's made. Um, I, I think that we have a lot to look forward to in the next couple of years. Did you wonder, do you have any thoughts? It's going to be fancy in the future. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> Fair enough. I suppose that's the answer I expected. (laughs) In the future, there will be TF. Of course, there will always be TF. I I don't know if I can... Oh, sorry. I'll let him go. Me? Keep going. (laughs) Yeah, while you're up. Okay, well, I, I don't know if anything surprises me, but I mean, I, I always just enjoy the day-to-day progress, like the trying new things personally in, in my art, putting new, new art, you know, attempting new things. Like recently, I've been putting text on all my stuff, uh, trying to include more story in the images. I, I think that's a lot of fun. It's the small stuff. It's not, I don't, I don't think I, I don't even think when I first found TF that I was, I, I stopped and just stared at images and was, uh, you know, odd that I, I think that very rarely happens with anything, but, uh, being able to constantly keep me interested at, uh, a small level is, is, is more important. I think. I can respect that. <laughs> and, uh, Husky, you, do you have anything to say about that? Well, TF, it's more like, as he, as they've all said, it's more like, one thing that surprised me is how far people would go with the TFs, most likely. Not like all of them shock me, but there's a few over the years where it has been like, okay, that's a bit odd, you know. But I can see it eventually going quite far up. And as I say, TF doesn't really have a limit, to be honest. So long as you can dream it, it can come true pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Anything that holds people back with TF is their imagination. Yes, as is everything, right? (laughs) So, pretty much. Pretty sure the only direction TF can take from here is uh, to expand um, and evolve as it has already. <laughs> and to become a real part of life. I mean, <laughs> that might be a good quote uh, to close on. Is in TF, if, if you can dream it, it's possible. <laughs> pretty much. That's cheesy. Motto. That works. We got it. We got a cheesy host here. So. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh man. But um yeah, that's good stuff. Um great things to hear from all of you all of you on that matter. So uh we'll 
bring this to a close on that note. So again, um, I want to thank all the uh, returning podcasters for uh, giving your time and your effort to be on the podcast to talk once more. Um, And also, of course, to our live audience for joining us today um, and also for providing the questions for the second segment here. Um, It really does help to drive the community um, as well as driving the podcast. Uh, So I'll go ahead and uh, actually end it with uh, allowing the participants to go ahead and do their own promotional spiels, uh, how they reach them, commissions, projects they're working on, and all that sort. So um, I'll go ahead and start with uh, what's up on that. Uh, I have a Patreon, but uh, if you don't want to pledge to that, you can pledge to Cora's or Ellen's because I get their money too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, and also he does have a fur affinity that he does the, do you still do art dumps on there occasionally? Yeah. When I can find time, I post art on there. Gotcha. So I think your fur affinity was just for affinity.net slash user slash what's up. Isn't that right? That sounds about correct. I also have okay. a bunch of other websites and they're all linked on the fur affinity. Choose whichever one you like best. Choose your poison, he says. Uh, and we'll go ahead and uh, let little Napoleon go ahead and do his spiel. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Fur Affinity. I'm on Tumblr, Twitter, all the all the major sites. Um, I probably won't be posting quite as much to them uh, as I have in the past uh, because I am working on this game. Uh, but if you'd like to learn anything more about the game, uh, you can check out the Patreon page. It's under Little Napoleon, and I've got uh, all sorts of screenshots up there. Should have a demo up this month. Uh, we've got a teaser trailer ready for it. You can hear some of Cheesy's great music uh, and check out some of the art that's been done for it so far. Um, so yeah, if you're interested at all, it's a transformation-related visual novel one of the first of its kind, if not the first of its kind. Um, so look for that uh, this year. Yep, indeed. And uh, just to tag on real quick, uh, Little Napoleon has started offering um, music downloads for the uh, Changeling Tales on his Patreon for the $10 and up reward tier. So if you want to grab and uh, spread my music throughout the world, you're welcome to do so for that tier. Um, and I'll go ahead and jump on to Cora. Let her uh, go ahead and promote herself. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Cora Blue. Uh, if type that into Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever you use, you'll find me. I would say, though, if you're going to check out anything, come to Picarto because I think that's the most fun. Like, if, if you're just hearing this and you have no idea who any watch, like, uh, like, watch Watt or Ellen or me or anybody in Percarto and just, like, join chat. I think that's probably going to end up being the most fun. Indeed. And um, you do post your uh, side projects. Well, not really side projects, more like one-offs to your FA as well, other than you're breaking in, entering, and critical condition as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Everything everything gets uploaded to FA event. If you want stuff early, you can donate on Patreon. It's like a dollar. Really Nothing crazy. Stuff. No, definitely not. Mm-hmm. And uh, how about you, Crazy Husky? How do we find your works? 
Well, um, crazy dash husky. Well, there's a dash in between husky and crazy on um, Fur Affinity. I'm on Weasel and so furry is just crazy husky as well. Um, um, the easiest way to contact me directly, I guess, is Telegram at, you know, at crazy husky. I don't really use Twitter or any of those like, other things. I mean, I have a Twitter, but like, I just forget it's there half the time. Um, <laughs> I am looking to stream a little bit more. But I don't know if it will become a common thing. I mean, I'm upgrading my computer. At, well, the computer is coming soon because I've already ordered it. So I guess within like the next month or so, hopefully I can have everything set up and ready for streaming. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much. Right. So yeah, just check me out on crazy husky well crazy dash husky on fa if you want to watch me or if you just want to talk to me just hit me up on telegram <laughs> all right that's really all and um you're also again doing a collaboration with Rania on a sequence as well aren't you yeah um, well me and her do stuff basically either like bi-yearly we sort of do an auction together, but like not often, not like we're not always working together. And I do work mm. with a lot of other artists. I mean, if you're an artist out there who would like to collaborate with me, um, I'll be more than welcome to have more people, you know, like, <clears throat> oh drawing or well, coloring alongside other people and doing more tf stuff well it doesn't have to be tf stuff it can just be anything really <laughs> so, right. always Good looking stuff. for collaborators oh, i'm sure collaborations do help to uh drive your own works so as we obviously see with oh, what it... ellen and all that sort <laughs> <laughs> oh it's helped a lot of people. It doesn't just help me. I mean, um, Killer Wolf on, oh, her name's Killer Wolf 1080. I've helped her a lot out in the past because she was going through um, university and we did a lot of collaborations years ago and it helped her with her, well, pay her books and stuff. <laughs> So it's always sort of nice that, you know, collaborating does not just help a person get noticed, but just helps generally through a lot of stuff. Definitely, definitely. And uh, how about you wonder how do we find your dorks work and all that? <laughs> well, you can find me at um, TG Wonder at www.tgwonder.www. And uh, other than that, just Google TG Wonder. I'm pretty sure I'll be there. And um, <laughs> other than that, um, I'm mostly on uh, Picardo. When I when I find the time to streams, I usually stream on um, on the evenings, um, around five or six o'clock Mountain Time, if possible. Other than that, uh, I got a Fur Affinity. Uh, I said a Fur Affinity. Anyway, Fur Affinity DeviantArt. Um, 
Tumblr. I usually tweet occasionally. Other than that, um, that's pretty much the majority of my um, social um, networks. Uh, it's quite plentiful from what it sounds. Um, and I do wonder, uh, as ironic as it sounds, um, since they're talking about 4chan in the chat right now, how you would fare sketching what is said on 4chan at some point. I'm sure you'll have a gander with that someday, if you pursue it. <laughs> um, but on that matter, uh, again, thanks for coming in, everybody, and uh, giving your time to the finale. Um, so I just want to say, if you want to reach any other past episodes for Season 2, hear more specific uh, to any of the uh, participants we have here on their particular episodes, you're welcome to go to the Changing Times Transformation Podcast website, uh, which you can reach by going to uh, www.changingtimespodcast.com. Um, then you can either stream or download any particular episode, especially for season one or two. Um, or if you want to get alerts on FA for when I post an episode, such as like the part one of season two finale that I still am working on getting posted, um, you can just follow me on FA and it will get alerts and you can go directly to the link for that, uh, which is for affinity.net slash user slash cheesy dino and that's C-H-E-A-S-Y. Um, and, uh, if you want to reach Meliflox, I know if I've forgotten to mention him as well. Um, he's also uh, on FA. I know he's doing the story, um, variant, um, or accompaniment for what's, uh, how to be a Durgan, I believe. I can't remember what the title of it is. Basically, it's, uh, on yeah. the nature of dragons. Is <laughs> on the nature of dragons, yes. So he is making the storyline for that sequence that what has done previously as well as other story works he's working on so that's uh, for affinity.net slash user slash meliflox m-e-l-l-i-f-l-o-x um, and then uh, also for the podcast as well it's available on mobile um, apps if you go to your app store either on android or apple search for podbean download the app and search for changing times transformation and subscribe to us and you can either download the uh, episodes or stream as well um, and also you can sign up for RSS feeds and all that sort so uh, all good stuff to reach us and to reach our artists and and or writers um, and last thing to uh, leave off with is um, season 3 Meliflox will be taking uh, charge of the first half of season 3 for the most part so I can uh, bide my time more to LN's Changeling Tales game and uh, go through for the completion on that. So um, that's the end of this part for the season finale. And we have one last part, part three, with the last of our uh, returning participants for season two. So I look forward to that. Uh, so one last time, thanks everybody for listening, and I'll see you then. Bye bye.